I wouldn't want to play like Cincinnati. Like, no, they they look like a real pain to play against. Their quarterback's good. It's playing well and is fast and runs all over. Their defense is awesome. BYU, same thing. I mean, they got husbands and fathers on the lines in the trenches, Mm -hmm. and then they got this quarterback that is uh, zinging it. They got multiple Romneys out there running around catching passes. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. We are at the Wheel Route on Twitter. Uh, Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com is the email address, and we're widely available online. Uh, most of your resources Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all of those things. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. Um, Banner, you know, just just a, just a, another run of the mill weekend here in the United States of America, right? So, uh, good times. Quiet. Uh, we're, we're riding out a little bit of uh, the northern fringe of a tropical storm right now. So, hope everyone south of us stays safe. T's and P's. Hopefully, we don't blow the power out during this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, who else is here tonight? My name is Jordan Shank. I am. On Twitter.com, at Shank Jordan, I'm in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, obviously, rest in peace to the GOAT, the god, Alex Trebek. True, true. Uh, Pour one out. Yeah, a lot of, lot of fond memories around Jeopardy in my life. Childhood, like, watched it with my grandparents all the way back. It, mm-hmm. it's uh, he, was, he was a constant, one of the most constants in in my life probably media <laughs> which, is, which is wild to think about so uh yeah prayers prayers with his family um yeah never never easy to see that and cancer sucks hard um yeah uh harrisonburg update uh i've i've kept you all posted on the location formerly host to the golden corral um it was seemingly slated for a car wash location, but it appears that plans have changed. Uh, okay. There is now just a, a standard commercial realty sign in front of the chain link fence uh, that encloses the leveled building. Um, so we got <laughs> options, apparently. We They knocked the building down prior to plans, or was this maybe done on the dime of the... Uh... Maybe the developer just wanted to be gone with that building. It, it was not ideal. It wasn't beautiful. No. And that's one of those that's like, it It would be hard to put anything else in that building. Yeah, I was going to say, a, a Golden Corral has to have a fairly unique floor plan and like set up. Uh, yeah, that's like that, that barbecue spot in Norfolk that my friend owns. Like it's, it's brewery and barbecue, which is awesome, but it is yeah. very clearly in an old bank. And <laughs> you're like, walk in and you're like, this is a bank, right? Like I'm in a bank, like we're... What's in the vault? You guys smoking meat in the vault? That's how that goes? Like, what's going on? So, It's like the old Pizza Hut's all over the place. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This was exactly one thing before it was this new thing. Yep. There was a sub shop here in uh, in, in Martin County that a, a subway actually closed down, which I know is surprising. Um, and they decided to buy it and install a new sub shop there. Same exact color scheme, 
<laughs> yellow and yellow and green all throughout and it just says banyan subs and it's just like like they they could not have ripped it off more hard with the color scheme like yeah. exact same thing. Like they're going right back to the well that subway closed down and they're like you know what we're gonna put a sub shop there and we're gonna just do it we're gonna run it back see if we have one of those we have a uh, substation on the north side of town which is in the old waffle house and oh i've been there uh, it, it's it's a fantastic little restaurant and yep. it's, it's like great. Makes no bones about like, no, no, this you're sitting in a Waffle House right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I know exactly yeah, what this was. about the bar or no, it's still there. It's still it's awesome. Is the other Waffle House still standing in HR? Yeah, 133, yeah, for sure. <laughs> have, have they uh, have they hit it with some spick and span over the years, or are we still no, just, no, 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 no. just I don't okay. understand why you would expect more of them than any other Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> Is the cigarette vending machine still inside there? Because <laughs> I remember that from like '96. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a discussion about Waffle House literally yesterday in a group text, and some people were people were coming at me with IHOP, and I, I have no patience for that. I will not tolerate it. I mean, listen, IHOP was fine. All right, Waffle House is better. Yeah. IHOP serves There's, a purpose. Waffle yeah. House serves more and serves, an right. serves them better. Serves the flawlessness. And you're getting your money's worth at at, uh, at Waffle House. You're never getting your money's worth at IHOP. No, you know not ever. You're gonna pay fourteen dollars. You're gonna have some thing that you don't like. It's an omelet. We cram seventeen ingredients into, and I'm not about it. It's like no, I want this to be cooked on a flat, hot mm-hmm. griddle by the, a grill master. I want the yep. guy in the black apron, the grill master apron. And, and or woman, you can have a female yeah, real master absolutely. for sure. It's 2020. Uh, in some ways, that might be preferable, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. All Speaking right. Speaking of what, before the, our third party introduces <laughs> himself, I think we've mef- mentioned this in previous episodes, but anyone sure, who yeah. has not done so yet, uh, while we're on the theme of Waffle House, should go find the clip of Anthony Bourdain's visit yep. to Waffle House on Parts Unknown. It in Charleston, South Carolina. It is, yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's just, just Anthony just Bourdain and the executive chef from, uh, I've blanked on that place's name now. Shoot. Don't remember. Really famous restaurant in Charleston. Um, it's like Spotted Pig or something. Yeah, it's, uh, it starts with an H, I think. Husk. Um, the executive chef from Husk, and they are obliterated on bourbon and eating Waffle House, and it's delightful. Hey, so who else is joining us? Yeah, anyway, also, my name is Jason Kreck. Uh, Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. Good to be back. Good to be back. I apologize for my absence last week. Um, you know, earning a paycheck. Starting to get in the way a little bit. We're coming up on basketball season, but... Um, Take that paper, I, son. Get that bread. I, know. I am uh, also in the friendly city of Harrisonburg. I also tweet things <laughs> at Jason Kreck. Um, and... You know, uh, I think obviously we're all bummed that the uh, the Wheel Route corporate retreat had to fall through, but it has been damn near perfect weather in Harrisonburg for about oh, seventy-two yeah. hours now, and with <laughs> with more on tap by all accounts. So we're taking a quick oh. trip back to like late September beauty. It's wonderful. Lovely early fall weekend. Uh, you know, absolutely delightful. Football weather. Was out, was out on the golf course in a in a pullover and shorts. It was wonderful. You guys hitting bombs, ripping it. <laughs> uh, there were some bombs hit. Oh uh, uh, yeah, there were just a lot of shots hit. Period. Uh, yep. that's good. Got our money's worth. Got our yeah. got our per shot cost real down. Jason, so. Jason Merle and I took on Heritage Oaks Saturday morning, and mm-hmm. uh, we all reached the century mark from the black yep. tees. Yep, yep, yep. So <laughs> real dark, real dark. Yep. 
Oh, I didn't it. drop love a it. single F-bomb in front of Merle, and I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> hey, as someone who probably has dropped multiple yeah, F-bombs in the front turf. of Merle, <laughs> on the turf, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> shout out to you, because... Uh, anyhow, good times. I mean, yeah, both of you have played golf with me, so both of you know what yeah. an accomplishment it is when I'm playing badly to not drop an F-bomb at the top mm -hmm. of my lungs. So, yeah. You would never have made it really well. That was by far the biggest golf accomplishment of the day for me. <laughs> Excellent. If David Whitehouse had been there needling you, though, you might have been put over I would have snapped. I would have snapped, yep. Because there were many, many needleable shots, including right. one that went – a tee shot that went sideways. Like, Isn't it amazing – these things, it blows my mind. Anyhow, we don't need to get into bemoaning our golf game because God knows we'd be here all day. I'm trying but... to think of like, I was going to give like one or two highlights from the, the round. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't remember. I'm, I, I had a couple and I'm blanking on it. Jordan, I don't know if you remember any. Uh, yes. J Jason had a couple nice like greenside flops that he just skied up into the air. That's true, yeah. And landed close. The flop uh, game was working. That was about it. We, we had wedges in our hands a lot. You wanted either. Uh, I piped my second drive on 18 over three hundo. Uh, my second drive. I love it. This is my it second was gorgeous. Drive. After the warm up, it was wonderful. Yeah. Jason and I both put our first drives into the mess to the left. Yep. Um, and so we just teed it up again because, you know. In my defense, my second drive also almost assuredly was over three bills. Oh, but yeah, it, it was, was just right through the fairway. <laughs> could not have been more dead straight on a dog-leg left par five. And <clears throat> gotta I nuked gotta it. It felt good. felt good coming <laughs> off the stick. <laughs> so, yeah, we got it in yeah. our bags. We just yeah. can't pull it out consistently. But yeah, we're yeah. working on it. <laughs> yep, we'll get there. We'll get it fixed, get in the lab, you know, same thing. Yep. There is a guy across from my uh, the gym that I go to that is an indoor golf instructor offering indoor golf instructions. Oh, I'm thinking of just swinging through one day and be like, "Hey man, here's a twenty. You got forty five minutes. Let's do. <laughs> see what you got." I think I got a lot of potential here. All That's right, a freaking gig, man. That's gotta as, be. As you can tell, I've got a lot of power in these hips. I don't know if you've heard the clanging and the banging from across the street. Yeah. But the reason that things don't stay on your walls in here is mostly <laughs> so. <laughs> I got a driver and a five iron. I'm just gonna need you to work on a couple things with me. Let's okay. get to get inside. I was talking to my friend. Here's the thing that I don't like, and it's not maybe this great is, start. Keep going. Oh, okay. I'm back. You know, you know, far from me to complain about something, but um, I really don't like doing those little silly drills. Like it's like it's like oh yeah, man, just get a PVC pipe and waggle it through your legs, and then you want to just stand on one foot and then just yeah. hit one-handed flops. This way, turn your wrists over, try yeah. to hit a hook, and then they're like, it'll fix everything. Like, I hate that. I just like to kick golf balls. And it's like, yeah. like, why can't I just work on my swing as I'm going to swing it? Anyhow. Well, you you certainly can. I was going to say, no, I, ain't no one's stopping you. No, 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 no. Yeah, no one's stopping me. And currently, certainly, I'm not doing the drills. I mean, God, <laughs> I'm not an idiot. But I'm just saying, like, I, you see all these little things. It's like, oh, here's a cool little drill I picked up. Oh, here's this thing that I have to affix to my knee and my wrist yeah. to make sure that I like, am, you know, in the angle of the dangle correctly, and it was like, yeah, yeah, this is. Amazing. I mean, there's a there's a famous scene in uh, in Tin Cup where they basically just like spend two minutes on all that stuff, and I'm very about that scene. So if you haven't seen Tin Cup, delightful movie, everybody should see it. I've seen I've seen Tin Cup. I think it's, oh, it's fantastic. Um, I think I've probably the patron the patron saying of grip it and rip it, terrible golfers. Yeah, sure. I think Tin Cup's one of those movies I've seen all of it across my life in, in pieces, pieces like on tbs yeah, yeah. 
There you go. There you go. Bingo. It's a good. Uh, it's a good sport flick. Sure, I'll okay. say that. One of my Lovely. favorites. What? What? Uh, what are we drinking tonight, boys? Uh, I've got a ranch water. <coughs> oh, you know what it is. It. Oh, on brand. Uh, I ran it back with the Get Bent Mountain IPA. Oh, apropos of our conversation before the pod started. Indeed. Uh, and I have a civil society. This is the fresh. It is an India Pale Ale, and I did. I had the coconut fresh a couple weeks ago. I'm going fresh this time. It is from Civil Society uh, in Abacoa, right in Jupiter. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, coconut fresh and just fresh also sound like kind of like Old Spice body wash scents. <laughs> potentially, you're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I think I used there... the fresh deodorant scent, but I have used the fresh before. I think I've since moved on. I I used Aqua Reef before fresh. Oh. Champion, uh, Swagger, After Hours. Pure I mean, sport. they got a lot. Of them. Oh, I was a big pure sport guy back in middle the school. Grade. Was was a yeah. pure sport <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Love it. Um, I think I'm on the deep sea now. Deep sea smells nice. It's nice, it's subtler. You should give, mm. give it a little whiff next time you're I'll in the Walmart it. dabbling. Buying uh, I could Topo t- Chicos at Walmart. <laughs> I did have wrench water yesterday uh, to watch the Gators go down fourteen nothing, so I quickly polished that off and and downshifted to freshes. So I'm, uh, you know, it's the last victory beer. Logan, where uh, where do you buy your Topo Chicos, and what what rate are you getting them at? If if I buy them at Walmart, I get them for like, I mean, it might be like three ninety nine for a four pack of bottles. Ours ours are like a four pack for two ninety eight. And yeah, I dude, think they might uh, be mispriced, but because they're <laughs> yeah. much higher Glass in bottle? other spots. Glass bottles? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so at Publix here, they're like four forty nine or four ninety nine for a four pack. But at the Walmart, I think they're more reasonably priced. And actually, uh, I know I've said this on the pod before, but there is the the little uh, grocery store at an Indian town where I used to work is mm-hmm. like basically it's like you're on vacation in a Spanish only country situation out there. And uh, you like go into this grocery store and you're like, what is going on here? This is not like a, a American grocery store in the sense that like, you know, the food line or anything like that. And they have it and you can get like 32 ounces in a big plastic jug for like a dollar 39. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's like, it's a, just a gigantic bottle. It goes flat kind of fast. I will say that. Yeah. That's the thing with these bubbly waters is you got to really like, yeah. I've, yeah, I've also it. seen the twelve bottle case of them for like okay. ten ninety nine at Food Line. That's a deal. I have not. I've yet to see. They don't have that big of denominations. Are you going lime or do you have the just the clear, the regular? I just go original. basic and then use the key lime juice. Fair enough. All right, I dig it. Jason, you you not on this yet? Uh, no, I'm still very much uh, a beer man. You guys are not, uh, several. Several steps um, uh, beyond my drinking right now. Just wait right, for the it. corporate retreat. We'll we'll fix it right. straight. That's fair. I mean, I do. Yeah, I've been known to have a gin and tonic in my stash over here. I know. But, uh, yeah, believe me. Multiple members of the White House family know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Side note: frozen G and T's. Get those going too. Oh um, man, let me yeah, tell I was you. looking let forward to you. that. But God, so good. Cinco de Mayo. Yes, run it back. Okay. Um... Emily will be joining us later to give us a little bit of bachelor hot take, bachelorette, sorry, hot takes. We find it finally happened. The blessed event. I don't know if you guys heard that. That was a loud gust outside. 
Um, all right, lifestyle moment. I think we're all. I think we're all set here. I think, think we all we we wrapped it up. Good golf for the for the boys. Uh, a lot of football yesterday. Did enjoy some outdoor dining uh, last night after the Gator game. Like during the storm, no one was out. It was a lovely night, actually. We caught it between rain bands, sat outside. Beautiful, very nice. <laughs> yeah, pee all to yourself, patio. Shouts out to the weather channel. <laughs> right. Yes, definitely. We were like on our way, and it was raining like catastrophically sideways. And Emily was just like, "This is uh, this is not good. This is not good." <laughs> one of her headlights is currently out, so that's always exciting. Nice. Uh, just you know, in the sideways rain. I you just guys, replaced the other one last week. So. Do you guys play the Pididdle game? Is that a thing in other families besides mine? Um, I mean, I, I feel like I played that game when I was like 12. I remember doing well, sure. it in high school. But yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're, on, we're, about, we're about on schedule yeah. here. Yeah, 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 we're good. <laughs> I'm an old no, Simple yes would have done, you guys. All right, let's just. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I feel like the, I feel like you don't see as many of them as you used to. Except oh, for I, Emily's car. Any, That's any more, I just see people driving around Harrisonburg that don't turn their lights on at they all. Yeah, we get that yeah. a lot. It's insane. Yeah. like to see that. Love it. Uh, well, right, Harrisonburg isn't here. like a terribly lit city, but it's not like a big city that's glowing all the time. Like You should notice your headlights are off. Anyways, we're I uh, got, got pulled over in Harrisonburg from having my headlights on one time. <laughs> when was that, Logan? What did you say? When was that? He's... When, uh, two thousand and seven. After prom, it was after prom. <laughs> I mean, I was driving down freaking university. That that road is lit up like a Christmas tree. You would not know that your lights were not on. It's true. <laughs> all right. Really? Yeah. It's because of all the sex I was having, bro. Yeah. It's like you can't just leave it on. So you can't just leave it. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you insinuating? What are you, I was heading to freaking Urec to eat. Chick fil A sandwiches and climb on the rock wall. All right. Yeah, it wasn't exactly yeah. like, uh, you know, partying down, doing <laughs> lines and stuff. Well, that's, yeah, that's all what right. you told the arresting officer for sure. <laughs> the arresting officer. Uh, it was awkward that he escorted you the rest of the night through UREC, but we made it work. He still got his Chick fil A. And he, got, he won uh, a hat at the raffle after prom. So, did I? No, the cop did. <laughs> All right, the fan fiction needs to stop. Let's uh, keep it moving. I remember what you won at the raffle after our junior prom, Logan. I'm sorry. Hey, I was in charge of the after prom festivities. That was a nightmare. Oh, man. The things you do to get into colleges, you know? God, wow. My White House was prime form for that after prom. Listen, we did what sure. we needed to do to beef up the CVs. and oh, We all did. You're right about that. Yeah. Some of us on this call could have done a lot less and had a lot more fun in high school and been just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad it's sad but true it's only funny because it's true jason I'm glad we can laugh about it now uh here we are what are we 10 years removed we can we can start to laugh about it a little bit yeah, I, I dropped uh, the grudge like 2012 2013 okay all right all right i figured five years was fair and then i was fine <laughs> love it all right let's uh jordan mentioned it but yeah alex trebek passed away i don't know if i spelled his name right i apologize if i didn't um uh, this today, yesterday, uh, relatively peacefully, supposedly surrounded by family. So that sucks. Uh, RIP to one of the goats, like Jordan said, one of the mainstays, like on our TV screens for our entire life. These things keep happening. It's just a sign of our own mortality, too, which is always odd. But yep. um, anyhow, 
sucks. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that, like, I mean, it, it's, you know, you try to take the good out of it and you try to see, like, you know, 2020 has been a contentious year. Um, and the last week has been really angry. And that's what, like, Alex Trebek feels like, like, Twitter was, was for like an hour there in the morning, was just Alex Trebek. Um, right. And funny clips and heartwarming clips and, like, everybody, everybody watched Jeopardy at 7 or 7.30 for a period of their life or every part of their life. And so right. um, it's cool that there's that one, I mean, what, like, uh, one of the former writers for Deadspin, writes for Defect and Al, Barry Pacheski, was like, like, when you see how dumb this country acts, like, 80% of the time, like, <laughs> Jeopardy is just a pure, like, smart thing that became, like, the most popular thing in America. And it was basically all off of Alex Trebek making basic trivia super interesting. Because that's all it is. It's just trivia questions. And everybody right. watched it for, like, 35, 40 years. So. Yeah. Yeah. A, uh, a life will live. So good for him. Um, can't think of anything else not football-related that went down this weekend. So we can move on. Uh, yeah. To that, so we had we had a couple cancellations. Uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, Louisville at UVA made for an extra stress-free weekend for the squad. Well, I guess not really stress-free. I shouldn't say that. I was, there was a lot of stress at around three three forty-nine p.m. yesterday. Speak for yourself. Uh, I, was, I was feet kicked up, just <laughs> hydrating, <laughs> watching ball. No, not a care in the world except for my picks. Yeah, I mean, what was any, any uh, elite snack uh, items you guys were cooking with yesterday, or Boy, not, not really? These days anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're working on that. We're working on that front. But I'll a put a pin in that. Veggie, veggie strong. A veggie strong. Yeah. A lot of baby so, I made some. I made some ridiculous nachos. To be honest, they were great. Fantastic. I'm happy nachos. for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, wow. Two fajita burritos, like throwing it back, back in the day. I miss the days when I could do that and just just not even affect me at all. If I did that today, I'd be, oh I would God. have been on this podcast. Yeah. If I would do that today, it would be the equivalent of like on the off chance I ever like drink until like two in the morning today and I'm just wiped <laughs> out for seven full days. Calendar days. Of the week, yeah. Oh, my body's hurting. Just things, things just aren't right. God knows the GI tract are just a hundred percent not in working order. Just awful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of issues. But uh, get to some games here. We have the Pac-12 back in action this weekend. So welcome back to the Pac-12. A couple of cancellations there. Uh, things got off to a rip roaring start in that conference. Um, Stanford Oregon happened. It was a fun game. I watched a little bit. Uh, caught some. Oregon was pretty impressive. Stanford. What's up with Stanford? I don't think they've really advanced with the times. They don't really, uh, I, I think they got they got a pretty good quarterback, but other than that, I don't really think they do a whole, whole lot that moves the needle. I mean, it feels like this has kind of been the discussion we've been having for like the last two years. So it, it kind That's of just true. feels like a, com, a continuation of that. And I think also that uh, to word this correctly i think stanford is not maybe one of those institutions who in these times their priority of the football program is purely football right now like excellence yeah right yeah so i think i mean okay i think it's 
it football on field performance is taking a back seat to some other things in these times when maybe some other programs aren't or maybe they are i don't know i don't know what goes on in your program but from from this seat in harrisonburg virginia that's my guess is part of it <laughs> i think this is i think like jordan said this has been kind of the story with stanford for a while now um, I think that when you have Bryce Love and Christian McCaffrey back-to-back, I think it covers up a lot of other detriments. Um, and when you don't – Well, and, and Andrew Luck before that, right? And Andrew Luck and Toby Gerhardt. And, yeah, they've always had some sort of stud behind the center. And when you yeah. don't, then you become a very aggressively mediocre football team, which, I mean, makes sense. Like, it, it never really made sense that Stanford was always up there in, like, the top ten. That was a very weird thing to see. So, like – Totally get it because yeah, it's it's Stanford. They are a world-renowned university that, for a decade, had a like hilariously good football program, which just hit you with right. hammers for sixty minutes. And and that's the know, problem. I think that's the problem too, Jason. They, they yeah, still you, you miss a couple. You miss on a few offensive line recruits, and you don't have an All-American in the backfield, and all of a sudden you're just trying to stay afloat. Which it's the ebbs and flows of every football team, uh, even more so when it yeah. Football is not the main attraction at Stanford University. So definitely uh, coincided with USC not having their best run in the last ten years either, and Oregon kind of dealing with post Chip Kelly Oregon, kind of sorting some things out too. I mean, and you know Washington has been a little bit on the rise, but sort of in a state of flux. So your your sort of big hitter Pac-12 programs have been, I would say, nominally down. UCLA hasn't really been worth too much uh, for the past that amount of time too. So I mean, all these things certainly add up. They don't exactly play a dynamic style of football. A little bit of this could have been the way that they succeeded under Jim Harbaugh. Still, that wants to be the way they want to succeed. And we can see even Jim Harbaugh's current team is not able to really succeed the way Jim Harbaugh wants it to succeed and, and might need to go back to the drawing board a little bit on some things. So, um, yeah, it's just it's kind of just curious. Football, like, you got to change. And I, I have always had this thought that a lot of these football guys are like so beholden to their system and the way they want to do football. Um, that's why it's really interesting when you can see teams that can be like, for lack of a using a bad football term, like really multiple on offense and, and do a lot of stuff. And that's why it's cool to see, like, frankly, as much as maybe Bill Belichick, the GM is getting some grief this year. Like it is crazy to watch that team week in and week out, like make over their identity and give put themselves in position to like take advantage of some, some like particular things a team does, um, and yeah, I mean that's why I feel blessed as a Florida fan having a coach that is appears to be able to pick out things that uh, he can take advantage of. It's nice. Um, I mean, some coaches, doesn't really some coaches really are pretty stuck in their ways, um, yeah, and do things like try to ice a kicker on a fifty-nine yard field goal or something like that. So, right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think anybody would ever do that. Something that idiotic, but no. you know, teach their own. No, no one would stomp on Frank Beaver's grave like that. Like that would just be terrible. All right. Uh, we had Washington and Cal. I honestly don't know how this one ended, so I'm sure it was a, a good time for all. Uh, Arizona State USC was the – that was, Jordan, we talked about this. 9 a.m. local kick in, uh, <laughs> in the Coliseum, I guess. Uh, Arizona State looked spunky. This uh, USC did a good job. They, they came back in this game in the fourth quarter. I watched – actually watched it this afternoon – um it was a good little game i think both these teams are pretty pretty fine um i don't think arizona state obviously is that far behind usc uh usc i think probably has more upside than arizona state but i like arizona state's quarterback a lot he's a little wild 
Jaden Daniels, I believe. Um, but yeah, other than that, nice little start to the day. I'll say that. Sure. I'm just glad that we can talk about the Young Slovis boy again. We haven't said yes. the Young Slovis boy in a long time. Yes, we did last week uh, for you on the pod, Jason. We were okay. we were loudly questioning while we did our 45 second Pac-12 preview if Keon Slovis was still on the roster there. So <laughs> as it turns out, he is, and he starts. And he's probably not not so young Slovis boy anymore, but right, he's yeah, grown up a lot over the last year and a half. I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so yeah. Whatever, Pac-12 is back. All right, Michigan was at Indiana. This is a game that happened, and boy, uh, you know we, we teased it a minute ago. But Michigan, Michigan's got some problems, guys. And Jason Indiana is also and, up to number ten in the latest. Yes, AP. Or Indiana or looks to be like every bit as good as Michigan, and they they I mean they ran them off the field. The receivers were so much better than Michigan's corners, and. Uh, it would appear that the Don Brown defense does not work well if you don't have awesome corners, which, you know, a lot of defenses probably struggle if you don't have awesome corners. But if you're going to want to play press man and bring a lot of blitzes, your corners better be able to turn and run. And these Michigan corners right now don't appear they can do that. And, I mean, you're just getting dunked on by Indiana the whole first half. I mean, they just ran away from them, and this game was not as close as the final score would indicate. Um, it was a thorough butt-kicking by Indiana. Um, Michigan's quarterback, that dude can throw the piss out of the football, though. He really lets it lets it hum. But other than that, I mean, I don't know what else they really have to look forward to at Michigan. they got to get a lot of stuff sorted out. I've already seen a Jim Harbaugh may have interest in returning to the NFL uh, story come across my timeline. Good, too, so. good, good, good. That's the old bingo card of Michigan early season woes. How do we feel about Michigan? Jason, I think we, you and I both need to apologize for hyping them up so much after week one. Yeah, they're, uh, I, I, they're, they're, they're not there. That's, they're not the good football team. Um, right. And they don't do it in fun ways. And, I mean, kudos to Indiana. I didn't see <laughs> almost any of this game, but they, I mean, they took it to Michigan early and then just stomped on them. It was 24-7 at halftime. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, they, they, they whipped them. So, uh, yeah, I don't uh, – Michigan won't be ranked anymore. I don't think they're ranked anymore. Um, they have Wisconsin at home <laughs> this week. Um, it should be hilarious. Um, they still have Penn State, which I don't know what to make of them. They still have Maryland, which I don't know what to make of them. And then they finish at the Horseshoe, which is going to be hilarious. Well, it's going to be even funnier when they beat Ohio State. That's fair. I can't argue with that. That's the Gus Malzahn strategy right there. Make your fan base so mad at you and then just beat Alabama just for no yep. reason. And, and and just like, well, we're going to see how Gus does next year. I think we're, I think he's figured it out. So, I mean, so, yeah, that, we're, uh, we're prepping for a, a B1G season finale that has nothing but good outcomes in terms of hilarity, and that's all I'm going for with the B1G. So, Yeah, that really – that would be something. Um, you mentioned uh, Penn State and Maryland. They played, and Maryland mm-hmm. – just One of put a whooping on, put a whooping on Penn State. Uh, young, yeah, we, we need to stop calling him to us, brother. We need to put some respect on this name, Talia Tagovailoa. Uh, another tremendous effort uh, by him. He threw for a zillion yards last week. I think he's probably thrown for a thousand yards in two games, uh, pertinent. And they crushed Penn State. Uh, nothing really else to say about that. Weird. Speaking of Penn State, State. I didn't watch any of this game. I think I saw maybe one or two highlights when 
that got cut into whatever game I was watching at the time. But today, Sunday, I was at Target and a and a car full of like senior citizens pulled up next to me and two of them were wearing Penn State football jerseys. Like the two old ladies <laughs> were wearing like I don't I don't know if twenty two oh. was like Kajana Carter way back in the day, but uh <laughs> they they had the 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 Penn State jerseys on on Sunday after they just got leveled by Maryland yesterday. Um, so I yeah, really wanted to stay pretty. and ask some questions, um, but I decided to social distance and just drove home instead. But it gave me a good little laugh. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, Penn State, uh, whatever. A little bit of, I don't know. I don't even know if you can say transition. I, I mean, what even what even happened? Was Mick Sor- Sorley was not their quarterback last year, was he? Trace, or sweet Trace. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. That seems like it was two years ago, but they're all all the years of my life are basically colliding that like uh, three year ago mark now. So who knows? Um, we'll keep it moving here. Texas and West Virginia played a borderline unwatchable football game that was really it just pages out of the. Uh, Kirby Smart, Mark Stoops uh, playbook here. And I saw a funny meme that was like the, uh, was it the Rocky? No, not the Rocky. Uh, wow, what is that movie? The, the two hands are like clasped together and they're flexing. Was it Predator? Oh, that's uh, that's that from Predator. Yes, okay. The, the, oh, and it was like, uh, oh, it was like, to be fair, it wasn't Rocky in your defense. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. I got that's you. all over the place there. I'm sure that was your talk process. I'm sure you broke it down. People love to love when memes are explained, but it was that meme, and it was Oklahoma State and West Virginia, and it was like having a good defense in the middle, but like the the only year you don't have a good offense was the other one, and it was like it's a real shame because I do think Oklahoma State and West Virginia both have like pretty good defenses, and they just like don't really seem to be able to put together the offense that you think of when you think of those teams. And I mean Neil Neil Brown's an air raid guy, so. Kind of think they would be pitching it around the yard a little bit more, but I mean, you know, they they threw it to 40 times, so yeah, well, yeah, they scored what 10 points, yeah, 13. Okay, so yeah, uh, your point, so quarterback's last name pronounced Doge. No, I think it's Daigie. Okay, uh, so I want to think... read it, so uh, yeah, he was 35. <laughs> I was gonna laugh at that. He was 35 and 50 for 317 yards, so like. He completed at less than 10 yards of completion. Yeah, and he was at like six, less than six for yards per attempt, right? So yeah. anyhow, not not overly efficient on offense, but uh, yeah, Texas does stay, I guess, relatively alive. Guys, we've um, kind of talked about the Big 12. I did want to mention that Iowa State, actually, we never talk about them. They're actually undefeated in the conference. They, yeah. they had a bad loss at the beginning of the year to Louisiana. But other than that, they have, well, yeah, actually, they, have, they have. Iowa State lost at Oklahoma State. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, I'm an idiot. Oklahoma so, State is the one of the one loss team. Iowa State's the only uh, team with a shot at the playoff, pretty much. Oh, okay. It, so Iowa State does have a loss in conference, though. Yes. Yeah, they lost okay, at so, Oklahoma State. Okay, gotcha. So anyhow, inevitably they'll lose to Oklahoma when that when that game happens, and it'll just be a big cluster in the Big Twelve. But for now, who knows? Uh, yeah. I wonder when that game is. Anybody want to check the schedule? All right, I just did. 
My, oh, nice. Thank you. Miami at NC State on Friday night. A football game broke out in Cary, North Carolina, or wherever this game was played. Raleigh, Cary, wherever NC State is. Um, same, <laughs> no, same idea. All right. The is it Cary and Raleigh? The research the triangle. Cary, I mean, yeah, Cary's like a suburb of the research triangle, yes. Well, so was, so was Raleigh, and so was Durham, right? Yeah, I would, Durham, I would say they're, the in, they're in the research triangle. Cary's just outside of it. Gotcha. All right. So they play ACC tournament soccer in Cary. Yeah, I've uh, that when I was at Virginia Tech, the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament were in Cary. The College Cup. It's so cold for the College Cup. It's ridiculous. They play those those soccer. soccer. Yeah, that's true. Cold like that. It is a really nice facility. Always like Akron and like some other ACC school just dueling, and you're like, what is? It looks so cold. Yeah. Anyhow, side note. Miami-NC State, fun game. Um, did you guys catch any of this? I actually watched, I mean, pretty much all of it because I thought the Boise State-BYU uh, game was actually going to be kicking off on ESPN afterwards, and I was just wrong. It was on Fox Sports 1, and I found that out like halfway through the first quarter. How they boost those Nielsen ratings, baby. Yeah. Anybody catch uh, Derek King's big night? Not a I bit. did. Uh, I watched a fair amount Logan, I guess, kind of in an attempt to stay awake. I didn't get my my Friday night nap that we talked about, which uh, uh, bummer. It didn't end up being a huge deal given the way the BYU <laughs> game went. But um, true, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the uh, the NC State game was electric. It had a lot of stuff going on. Tons of penalties, penalties everywhere. Marty oh Smith, God, yeah, out here on the sideline complaining about penalties being called on every play. Um, <laughs> it was like, it was certainly a step up from the ACC network night games that I'm used to watching um, production wise. But yeah, Derek King looked awesome. Uh, NC state was doing some fun, fun things on offense uh misdirection wise and and just beating guys as well uh yeah but yeah left-handed quarterback too always looks always pops you know yeah yeah well as virginia fans we can attest to this especially now this is true yes Um, but yeah i i honestly shocked that miami pulled this off because this is this turned out to be classic like game miami poops their pants trying to win yeah and you end up laughing at them because of how they lose it but they like they did stuff mostly right at the end and there was there was the field goal call by manny diaz late in the fourth quarter that had a lot of people scratching their head but it ended up working out now if it didn't work out and they lose that game then that post game presser is probably pretty interesting given what his explanation would be but uh no it was the classic narduzzi yeah it was the it was the narduzzi will must champ lame thing where you're down seven and you have like fourth and goal from the four yard line and you kick a field goal and it's like why are you and then you're just down four and, and they got you know miami's defense was playing well i put in here and i saw that miami's gained 213 yards in the fourth quarter and they allowed six so nc state okay. completely fell apart in the fourth quarter, they didn't get anything going. A couple of first downs maybe would have salted the game away for them, but they couldn't get it going. Credit to, and full credit to Miami, but like in my mind, that was just not the right decision 
to, I mean, to take the points there. They, Miami ends up scoring a touchdown soon thereafter because they were able just to get the ball back like immediately, uh, squeeze NC State on defense there. But, uh, yeah, NC State looked uh, a little more lively than I maybe expected playing a backup quarterback and just generally for NC State. I never really know what to expect with them. Um, Miami's interesting because I – They've had games where they've leaned on their defense, and they've had then they had this game where like King they needed every single one of Derek King's you know 450 pass yards and him running all over. But I I would um, Jordan when you watch Miami play, do you do they look like well organized on offense or like like they have a, a no. strategy on offense? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, and I think that that is going to be. And I, I've said it before, maybe here, but I think it'll be interesting next year to see what they do with maybe a more traditional quarterback, or if they're going to try to just lean into like full like chaos football and you know bring in another guy that's kind of a dual threat you know kind of guy and just give him the keys and yeah. let him be the quarterback moving forward. That might be better for them. It's just um, to me a little curious. You watch them play, and like King was awesome. He threw some great passes in this game. Like put him right down the chimney in the back of the end zone a couple times. Beautiful throws. But uh, sometimes you just like they literally just seems like they spread everybody out and they kind of just let him roam around. It's a little Johnny Footballish, and hey, that can work. But uh, I don't know. That guy gets tackled a lot and takes a lot of shots, and it would yeah. appear that. And a like, slightly more organized secondary effort could have shut that down too. Yeah, and I look. I've always been a huge Rhett Lashley proponent on this podcast, right. this is true. As, as we all know. Um, but yeah, I do think like during the course of the games I've watched this season from them, it kind of feels like they get like they get a rhythm doing something and then they just get, get away from it way too soon. Like it's the classic. Uh, why? Why did you stop doing that before the defense stopped you type deal? Um and so I don't know that there was as much of that in this NC State game, but uh, like NC State's uh, point of attack was make Derek King throw the deep ball on us, and it worked <laughs> yeah, for a little bit, and then he started finding his range, and that's when they were in trouble. But um, I don't know, like again. I think Godfrey's mentioned like you don't judge Miami ag- against the Clemson performance. You kind of figure out the rest of the body of work to yes. get a better idea of where they might be, which I think is fair. But um, yeah, they they need some help, I believe, to get a crack at the ACC title game. So yeah, which they potentially got a little bit of, but. Um... They, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I guess I'm just kind of like happy to see Miami be relevant, but I'm not sold on the product that they're putting out there. Sure, if that makes sense, and that's fine. All right. Uh, any other games to touch on before we get to picks? Uh, I don't think we so. managed to actually like have five decent games to talk about, maybe with the exception of the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Take us away, Jordan. How'd we do? Uh, so it was a little bit of a mixed bag this week. We had, I've got Jason at two and three, Logan at three and two, and I finished four and one. Uh, so that puts us overall on the season. Everybody's still above 500. Way to go, team. 
Jason is currently third place at 20-18-2. Logan at second place, 22-16-2. And, and I remain a game ahead, 23-15-2. Nice. So we're still, still on the right good. side of the knife. Nothing a couple one and four weeks can't fix, though, you know? Oh, trust I mean, me. You need to feel them coming Been there. like a heart attack. Uh, all right, let's go to Boise for the first one, eh? Yeah. Uh, so 9.45 kickoff, as we were so excited to discuss. Um, <laughs> I I watched like into halfway into the third quarter, maybe. And that's when yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. We're, I'm playing golf in the morning, and this game is not in question. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, Boise State, like, they – Yes, they drew a bad hand with their quarterback sure. issues. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer, I think his name is, the starter, yes. out for a second week in a row. Then the kid they have backing him up, he leaves like two series in with uh, some sort of upper portion of the body injury. Don't know if it was head, neck, spine, whatever it was. Um, but... Even, like even if you had your number one QB back there, you're not beating BYU. Like BYU's that good. Um, yeah. Zach Wilson, his arm is nasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he had all night. Like he he was hurried. He was pressured a little bit, but he he still made good decisions when yeah. Boise State's defense got him off of his base. Um. And then, He's a good like, athlete too. I mean, he he runs well. Yeah, he can he run. Makes good and that offensive line again, like pass pro was awesome, but they can also create holes for whoever they got running the pill as well. So yeah, uh, he he looks like um. He's got like Jay Cutler vibes when he throws it. Like he the ball just like jumps off Aaron his hand. Like he, the way okay. He just yeah. He looks like he just yeah. just spins it and. You're, I don't know, and it helps that he can take a two shuffle steps into every throw because he's got all day, at least yesterday against Boise or Friday against Boise. But it was, uh, it was impressive showing. I was, I hadn't seen like sustained amount of BYU this year. I had caught up with some of them, and I was really impressed. And uh, yeah, their defense looked serviceable and good. They have um, that running back that busted that long run in the first quarter. They said he played linebacker last year. That dude was fast. Yeah. He, he like took off and like pulled well away from everyone on on a uh, Boise and he got yeah, a little help Boise from one of the officials, but uh, sure, yeah, Boise um, Boise's good too. I mean, I think they're I think they're fine. Like you said, tough tough go of things, especially your quarterback getting injured on a quarterback sneak like that. Um, probably didn't really see that coming, but uh, yeah, um, BYU and Cincinnati are your cream of the crop, and it's hard to say who you like more at this point. I mean, I, I think Cincinnati is fantastic, but BYU is super impressive as well. Yeah, the uh, the idea has been floated out there that they should schedule each other after Ooh. the AAC title game, which I think is pretty uh, intriguing, given that this year has shown, like, you can schedule games with people you just do it in relatively short notice. Um, Unless you're Nebraska. Cheers. Or Wisconsin. Speaking of which, Nebraska caught the hands again this weekend. In case, in case that was in question. As Medill grads, we were very pleased to see this. <laughs> uh, Jason, any BYU hot takes? 
No, I was uh, I was not in the house for this game, but I was keeping tabs on Twitter, and it seemed like it got out of hand quickly and stayed out of hand. So, if you watch some highlights, just watch Wilson throw, dude. Yeah, he no, just he can throw some seeds. Yeah, he's your he's your like uh, he's your NFL high upside guy that like a lot someone's gonna take oh, yeah. probably way too high. They're gonna take him like seventh overall or something. Like uh, the what's a team that's gonna be drafting like Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of a team that's going to be drafting like 13. It's just like mortgage the farm to move up to three to take Zach Wilson's like easy uh, Washington. It's going to be the Washington football team. Oh, Dallas. It's going to be Dallas so they can threaten. Oh, um, so they don't have to pay Dak. Yeah, that's all it's going to be. And then Dak is going to be the next uh, quarterback and terrorize them for years to come. No, we don't anymore. Washington football team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would I would take Cincinnati over BYU right now just because I think they have a better resume. But uh, yeah, yeah, these two teams played. I would love to see it. I would only uh, want them to schedule each other if it were the playing game for the playoff, though. Yeah, if there was a guarantee, or, or if they both like lost the game and neither of them were in contention, I would want them to play it. Listen, I wouldn't want if I was. Well, I, I am a Florida fan, but like, it, it listen, teams that have outside shots of being like the three or four seed in the playoff, like. If if someone one of those teams slides in, I guess they'll play the they'll play the one seed. But I yeah. wouldn't want to play like Cincinnati. Like no, they they look like a real pain to play against. Their quarterback's good, is playing well, and is fast, and runs all over. Their defense is awesome. BYU, same thing. I mean, they got husbands and fathers on the lines in the trenches, mm-hmm. and then they got this quarterback that is uh, zinging it. They got multiple Romneys out there running around catching passes, which is just delightful. So you know, uh, what, what are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, I think they're both really good, and, and that's like the the mid-major alert is going off in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, people want them to play so that one of them gets a loss and they get knocked out of the playoffs. So I only want yeah. them to play if one of the – like the winner is guaranteed the three or four seed or <laughs> they both have uh, to make it anyways, and I just get to enjoy it. It would be a fun year for an 18 playoff, eh? Weird. Would be. I've, would I've be. been saying this for years, actually. You get Virginia. You get probably Virginia in there, and mm-hmm. Florida, and BYU, and Cincinnati, and they just go Clemson, Miami, Notre Dame, Miami, <laughs> Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Ohio State, Alabama. Alabama, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> Great performance. Okay. BYU is really good. Let's keep it. Let's keep it religious and go to uh, Liberty at VPI this weekend. Uh, huge matchup in the Commonwealth. Playing fast um, that turn, but all right, let's and, do it. And, you know, we, we got to do what we got to do. Yep. Wow, what a what a football game! You know, Liberty r- racked up some yards on the ground. Their quarterback is a is a whole experience. I don't know <laughs> if you watch a whole lot of this, but he Auburn is. Auburn yeah. transfer, he is wagging that football all over the place. He, like, flings it while he's flat on his back. He's laying down. He's fumbling. And he also ran for, like, a, I think over 100 yards and super effective on the ground. Looked like a real pain. He uh, looks for contact, against. too, when he runs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he goes out head hunting, which is kind of the energy I'd like to see Kyle Trask, like, adopt. But, you know, <laughs> I don't really think he's quite there uh, yet uh, when it comes to willingness to dump truck. But, yeah, um... Virginia Tech, you know, battled back in this game. EPI, uh, Liberty was putting the hands on them early, and uh, Virginia Tech, to their credit, battled back. 
And then we had you guys got anything to say before we talk about the end of the game? Because we're gonna spend a few minutes here. Uh shouts out to the ACC and Comcast colluding to make this game unwatchable, along with most Virginia Tech and Virginia football games in the state of Virginia. Yeah, ACC network, awesome. Love to see it. Uh it the announcers were all kinds of atrocious also. They were clearly not there, also. Yeah, they were they were on Zoom. <laughs> they were very much on Zoom. Like things would happen and these guys would just have no had no clue what was going on. And notably the the kick situation at the end of the game. I was um, say, did that did that present but, a problem at any point in the So we had a situation not unlike we've seen a couple times this year. Penn, it happened to Penn State against Indiana earlier this year. Um sort of and then it happened to the the Atlanta Falcons this year in which Todd Gurley was incapable of falling down at the one yard line and just lumbered into the end zone. Cause he, he likes scoring tugs and uh, that basically gives the ball back to the other team too fast. And you end up losing the game essentially because of it. You could have maybe salted it away. Virginia tech lets Liberty score uh, to go up seven, I guess yep. in this game. Right. That's and correct. with like a minute 40 to go or something like that, and then proceeds to just play the worst defense I've ever seen and lets Hinden Hooker and them boys just ball completely outrageous down the field in like five tidy plays. That, frankly, was way too fast for Virginia Tech to score. So it was like – it was so poorly executed that uh, they that Virginia Tech actually scored too fast. Uh, you know, it, it double bit them in the butt. But, uh, you know, I, I think what could have happened there probably is you would at least have Virginia Tech burn some timeouts – and uh, you, you could have gone down at the one, run a couple plays, and maybe kick a chip shot field goal. Probably pretty high percentage field goal to win the football game there. Any, th- any, any thoughts? I'm, I'm guessing that's what you maybe could have done. Well, avoid some of this when you say happen. who could have done that? Liberty. You're, you're saying the first time when Tech let them score. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so then Virginia Tech scores. So we got tie, we got tie ball game, all right? So yep. – Liberty has got 30 seconds or so to work with, you know, comes down the field, hits a, it's like a 30 yard pass over the middle, which should never have happened. A, a pretty bad look for a Virginia Tech defense. That was having a tough go of things. And um, all of a sudden, Liberty is sitting there on fourth and eight or fourth and six, uh, looking, staring down the barrel of a 59 yard field goal mere, to win the game. Um, at, the, at the opposing 42, well within field goal range. Yeah, it was uh, it was insane. It was I mean it was it like it looked so far away on the camera too, yeah. uh, and it you know certainly didn't help others. Like not really anyone in the stadium. It's just a like, kind of a weird vibe all around. Yeah. Now, and, it, sh- it should be noted, uh, Liberty. I don't remember what this kid's career long was prior to this attempt, but he's he's a hefty boy. Like he's he's like <laughs> five nine two thirty, I think. Oh, oh, my man. So they were showing him on the sideline. I was like, is this the long snapper? And they're like, no, this is the this is the kicker who might be getting trotted out here for a, a 59-yard <laughs> attempt. Um, so, yeah, I, I like watching it, watching it unfold. I was kind of like, this this kid has the leg. I, like, I've never <laughs> seen him really kick before, but I could tell he had the leg. I just had you, yeah. no idea what kind of accuracy you were looking at. Certainly. So kind of a curious decision. There's like 11 seconds left, mm-hmm. uh, but it's fourth down. So I guess you got to maybe try the field goal if you really, you really think you're going to make it. 
So they trot out and are about to kick the field goal. Maybe a millisecond prior to the kick, you hear some whistles blowing. But they were hard to hear anyhow, on the TV. They were hard to hear. The play goes off, and Liberty appears to get kick sixth. And there's a blocked kick. Beamer ball is alive and well. Awaken the echoes uh, on the drill field. You know, I'm sure the kids were going bonkers all around. It was really windy there, I heard, and cold. Um, but, you know, they had good food and hot chocolate to come back to. Uh, and the, tweet, the tweets were flying. That all said, uh, Virginia Tech was very excited that they had won this football game and had kicked six, kicked six of these dudes. And I was like, I thought I heard a whistle. And I was like, maybe I'm just making this up. It was wishful thinking on my part. And lo and behold, you get the shot of the ref. The announcers, of course, have no clue what's going on. <laughs> They are not there and have no idea. They are not representing the gravity of the moment at all. And uh, and the, you, you get the shot of the referee, like, surrounded by people doing the timeout, like, Virginia Tech motion. So I guess uh, Virginia Tech tried to ice the kicker, do the last second ice. And uh, so we get to all come back, and Liberty decides to make a different choice this time. Uh, and actually still run Still fourth and six. Yeah, still fourth and six. Virginia Tech comes out in this weird umbrella prevent defense as if Liberty, the Liberty quarterback was going to fling the ball, like just run an 11-second uh, Hail, Hail Mary play. And, and so the Liberty guy just runs like a 10-yard out, catches the ball, walks out of bounds with eight seconds left, and now you have like a 52-yard field goal that's makeable. And the guy walks right out and just grooves it, grooves it, just clubs the thing, makes it. Yep. Jordan was dead on, knowing that he had the leg. He had the leg for Would have been good from and, 60. Uh, Oh yeah, he was he was riding high, but I mean it was a colossal turn of emotion in that building. And then like I mean Freeze, you know, good for whatever, good for him. He was excited. Good to see a guy get excited about something that's happy in today's day and age. Um, you know, a little bit conflicting given the two schools involved, but boy, sure. Fuente, I mean, not a good look for him. That's unfortunate and terrible the way it went down. But I mean, it was highly comical. It was it was really pitch perfect. Right? I I uh, laughed watching everything oh, yeah. unfold. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was loving it. This this is the fifth loss I believe by a Justin Fuente led Virginia Tech team who was favored by double digits heading into the game. Um, not not the kind of tally you want to rack up. Obviously, um, no. I saw no some. Of- I saw Program defining wins. In his post game presser, his one of his comments about the timeout was he typically doesn't like to wait until the last possible moment to call the timeout because he doesn't want the kicker to get a free swing at it. And so it wasn't even like an issue of it was a fifty nine yard kick and I probably should have just let him miss it. Because college kickers aren't going to make a 59-yarder. It was, I, mean, oh, I waited too all... long to call the timeout. So that's also yeah. hysterical. Um, <laughs> and he's also, like, the most boring dude on the history of, in the history of the planet as well. Yeah. So he doesn't really help himself out when he, like, says these things. But... Yeah, he also, like, I, I noticed he wasn't rocking a hat in on the sideline for this game. I don't know if that's, a, like, <laughs> uh, a typical thing or not, but he's... He's kind of got a state trooper looking haircut too, like. Interesting. There's yeah. a lot of a lot of Butch Jones vibes yeah. starting Bert, to Bert Bielema, uh, Bert Bielema situation. Yeah. Butch Jones. Yeah. 
Butch Jones also delightful Easter egg to see just standing behind Nick Saban on the sidelines of Alabama games randomly. Like, hey, it's Butch Jones. <laughs> I, I saw him drink. He just hangs out. Uh, but yeah, so delightful ending to the VPI game. Hate to see it, but uh, Liberty, uh, their first win as a ranked program. This is, you know, they're they're going to try to work their way into the playoff con, you know, conversation. I think that's the only way they can go here. Win all their games. What are the chances that Hugh Freeze is coaching Liberty next year? Zero percent. I mean, they can pay him though. Yeah, but will they? I mean, they are under new leadership, so. <laughs> Yeah, thank thank well. God. Literally, thank God. All right. Um, I'm trying to just think, like, where does Hugh Freeze go or make sense? Utah State. So, <laughs> That's okay. I do think that is <laughs> some, some tells me the Hugh Freeze experience maybe isn't isn't suited for Utah State. Is that a, I mean, that, that certainly is a step up. I don't know if that's a big enough step up. Given the fact that people are like thinking he's gonna be okay with taking an like SEC or ACC job, I, um, say, I would say like I mean, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think what could come open. South Carolina, uh, Louisville gonna come open? No. Where do you Where think Satterfield Satterfield's go? going? Yeah, you're right. He's not leaving. They're terrible. Uh, All right. Well, they're not terrible, but they're. I think this is a. This has got to be that that. They need some stability probably more than they need a new yeah, coach. Yeah, I, I uh, mean, it's all going to boil down to, like, how many schools come open, who's willing to spend money in this offseason. Um, do you guys think Virginia Tech could realistically come open? I've heard I've heard some – Stephen Godfrey seems to think there's, like, real smoke to that. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Did did Fuente get extended after the Baylor dalliance, or oh, yeah. was it just status quo? Oh. Yeah. Maybe he didn't. Hold on. I don't think they were very happy about how all that went. Why would you give him an extension? Yeah, I I don't think I don't recall him getting extended, but I don't know how how much longer his deal has left. All right, his his contract that appears. Can you put in a FOIA request, please? Yeah. Well, see, he dabbled with Baylor in seventeen, right? No, this past oh, offseason. They hired Aranda. Oh man, I'm all turned around. Okay, then yeah, he didn't get a he got an extension in seventeen. That was his last one. Uh, okay. His salary currently goes through twenty four. Mm. Uh, his contract, I mean, and his buyout after the twenty twenty season would be twelve and a half million. Yeah, so it would take some doing. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And I, I just like, I mean, I, I don't know. Hugh Freeze, I mean, right. I definitely think Virginia Tech would hire Hugh Freeze. <laughs> well, sure. But I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the going rate on a Hugh Freeze, uh, a, a slightly used, tarnished Hugh Freeze is. I don't know He's, what Virginia Tech's going to be able to afford on either end of that. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I conversed with a uh, super fan of the pod, Travis Johnson, this weekend on Twitter a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I think the Virginia Tech fans are pretty much over Fuente. I don't know how much longer he realistically stays around. I just don't know if really anyone gets fired this year. And Yeah, that's um, a big thing. But, I mean, I'm looking at you, Will Muschamp, because things right. are things I mean, are I'm, I'm usually nine times out of ten at, at Power 5 schools, firings come from donor money. It's not yeah. school money. Yeah. So, what if now, Auburn, I, don't like, know, I don't know their situation in Blacksburg in terms of that. Um, I've heard mixed reports, but yeah. – 
D'Angelo Hall is going to swoop in and uh, put a put a donation. Angel in. investor D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> Marcus Vick. Um, <clears throat> I think. Uh, I think. What was I going to say? Well, Auburn might fire their coach. They're crazy. They could sure. definitely do it. Always. He, Auburn is really, like really? too big of a leap. I don't know. Hugh Freeze, Auburn. I mean, who else is who's Auburn going to hire? We'll we'll save it for another episode. Yeah. All right. This you, you know I had to I had to have a conversation. This is right. Like well, sure. About. But yeah, ultimately, I think it depends on again what spots on the carousel open up, and that's super sure. unpredictable this year, especially. Which is why I think there's a good chance he's coaching at Liberty again next year. Maybe he'll coach the Washington racial slurs. Potentially. <laughs> oh boy! All right. All right, let's go to the cocktail party, boys. Let's get it. Jacksonville, lovely day. Some gusty winds and uh, random, like random, like tw- two-minute rainstorms, kind of popping up throughout the afternoon. Ninety seconds with the sun. Jason, out. I, I know you saw that, Jason. You just you smelt it. You could smell it. Oh yeah, well, I, and I knew what it looked like coming down the street. Like it's just yeah. a wall of water in Jacksonville. <laughs> like Jacksonville doesn't... Be on Friday. Yeah, coming home. Yeah. <laughs> Jacksonville doesn't do storms that like slowly ramp up it's literally a downpour because all the main streets in Jacksonville are straight lines at least on the east side of the city and so you can just see for like a mile and a half in one direction and you can just see the storm coming down the highway at you and it's just a wall of water and that's absolutely what it was certainly certainly a classic little Florida sun shower situation you know what they say my grandma says this uh that they say the devil's beating his wife that's what they say when it's uh when it's raining and uh and sunny that's an old an old school term probably not allowed to say anymore but uh it's always the, it's always the eye-opening choice in that uh that where are you from dialect quiz that goes around like once a year oh yeah yeah <laughs> always like, what do you call it when the sun is shining and it's raining everybody's like oh it's sun showers or i don't yeah. talk about this that's a weird question and then the last <laughs> choice is the devil's beating his wife and everybody's like what in the hell is happening? <laughs> like oh yeah that's the one let me choose that one i clearly say that yep uh, yeah it's just like one tiny sliver of like Alabama, Georgia, and Florida that have it. That's it. Shout out. Shout out to the deepest and the deepest of the South. But, uh, yeah, you guys um, take this one in. You guys want to start? I mean, God knows I talk enough on this podcast. I was going to say we're going to blow through midnight with you talking about this. Um, no, I mean, I, it, was a, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, I Yes, it was. I think – I have a tough time hanging a lot of praise on the Georgia defense anymore. Um, but that said, Florida's really good uh, everywhere on offense. Yeah. Um, they can beat you in a lot of ways. They're like second and third receivers were making ridiculous catches. Um, and and Trask is spinning it right now. He had, he had one or two pretty bad decisions. I think he actually got unlucky on that pick, if I remember right. He got tipped, right? Yeah, but he got very lucky on uh, opposite yeah. He got lucky on a couple that he tried to thread in there and didn't work. But uh, he's uh, as uh, you could say, he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, yeah. So he's trying to fit those balls in, and it's it's coming hand, in handy on some of those passes. Uh, I think it was was Grimes right before halftime. Or was that ridiculous? Yeah. That, that high like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. He he can just. You can put the ball up there, and people will go get it. And they're they're fun to watch. I mean, they didn't score in the second half. They ran up uh, thirty eight on Georgia in the first half. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, super fun game. Uh, Stetson Bennett looked like 
uh, hot trash, but also might have been hurt in some way that we aren't quite sure of yet. Um, he sprayed his AC joint on that hit on the same play that the receiver. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and there's that. And I, he got I right, murdered on that play. He stepped into a throw and got thumped by the yeah. safety. I, I mean, it, it kind of like, I don't want to say it because nobody knows what this foul is, but it, it looked like targeting. Like it was. I mean, it was almost a late hit. I mean, yeah, it, it seemed like, like it should have been at least a flag. Um, and so. Could have, can we have an offsetting targeting on that play? My God. <laughs> yeah. And so. uh yeah, I mean, yeah, Georgia's definitely uh, on the outside looking in in terms of being in the top six or seven teams in the country. Um, but, yeah, Florida is super fun on the offensive side. I'll be interested to see if they can slow down a couple of these elite teams because I don't think Georgia's offense would ever be described as elite. But um, sure. I uh, they're super fun on offense, and I'd love to see them keep rolling because they're very exciting. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Absolutely stellar entertainment, especially for the first half. Uh, the amount of wheel routes that Florida uh, ran all of the wheel routes. was incredible. It was awe-inspiring. It was beautiful. It was a masterpiece. <laughs> um, and it's pretty crazy that it worked as often as it did. Uh, like, Wide open every time. Yeah, and... And they were just real creative ways of like running it behind kind of a little rub or running it behind yeah. like a different route concept that got it wide open. And like Gary and Brad were in the booth struggling, like, do we call this a busted coverage or is it just that good of a like of a play? Open, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, some of them wide open. Some of them Trask was putting on a dime and like putting it right in his receiver's pocket out of the air. Um, but yeah, watching, watching that offense work on all cylinders is really exciting. Um, do we have a, an injury update on Kyle Pitts? I have not seen anything trickle across. I don't, I know Florida's kind of picky about injury information. And, uh, <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, I mean, when he was walking off the field, you could tell that they, they took his helmet from him and he was crying. I think he was upset, uh, so that he didn't get, wasn't going to go back in. He came off the field super slow. He was clearly uh, dinged up there, bell rung, whatever you want to call it. That's AKA concussion. But uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be in Mike Leach's shed for a couple days, resting, um, well, resting his eyes and hopefully feeling better. But uh, yeah, that was a violent that collision because like both of those collision. guys were out. Dude. The Georgia guy lost his helmet and he was out, out. Um, Pitts kind of, and you saw they showed one angle and you saw, you know, Trask, I think, kind of like realized what had happened and he pretty much threw the hospital pass that got his guy waxed. But um, he ran up pretty fast and it was good to see the team sort of come behind Pitts there in that moment. That was the definition of targeting if there ever has been one. Um, and that's the exact kind of play I know that the targeting rule is trying to eliminate. Uh, you can't really necessarily fault the safety for trying to clean up the play there, but I mean, you can't launch like that into it. Like, I don't know. It's, you got to do something, try to play, try to play the football, do something. Cause that was, uh, that was dangerous and ugly and everything else. Not, uh, not great. So, um, that all said super fun, dude. I'm, I was just so happy to see, <laughs> yeah. see this go down, especially the way the game started. Georgia goes first play in the game. They go off tackle left and just, have the Florida defense completely outflanked. The corner 
is for whatever reason like standing almost out of bounds trying to contain and doesn't do anything uh attempting to tackle uh Zamir White and he pulls away it's a big touchdown and you know you kind of think oh here we go and Georgia gets the ball back and Bennett looks pretty effective uh throws a touchdown over the middle on some just questionable safety play again by Florida and you kind of think man sucks we really talked ourselves into this and Georgia's going to stop Florida um also, super nasty injury there for the tight end from Georgia. Uh, clearly broke his leg. Um, yeah, I saw. Yeah. And they they showed that way too many times. Like I don't know why they. Well, they kept they kept showing the pylon cam to try to like talk about the challenge, and it was just like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'd be like, what? We're we gonna rule him down because his shin touched the ground because his leg was like broken, separated and from his shin, nagged yeah. into the ground behind him. But like, anyhow, that all said, uh, from basically from then on, I mean. Florida goes down the field twice, uh, pretty easily scores touchdowns. There's the kind of weird pick six uh, that Trask throws. And then, I mean, and then it was all Florida. Uh, they really piled it on. Um, Pitts, Pitts is so good. He's such an animal, and they just – Trask has so much trust in him and throws a delightfully catchable football. I think that's one of the, like, the, the – the, um, we talk about some of these guys like Zach Wilson just steps into throws and heaves it. And, you know, the Ugulele, sorry, from Clemson. Ugulele. Yeah, he throws the ball hard. We used to talk about this with Franks. Like, you can tell there's a lot of – it's a live arm, right? And I don't think that Trask really – you don't really see him put a whole lot of pepper on these balls. But this – the game yesterday, man, he – those wheel routes were so successful because he was throwing great passes. Like, that's not a super mm-hmm. easy pass to throw. Yeah. Uh, on the sideline like that. And every time the guy caught it in stride running. And so you got some, you know, he gives his receivers a lot of opportunity to run after the catch. Cause he throws the ball. I mean, he puts the ball right where he needs to put it on these guys and throws with a lot of really good touch on the sideline there. Did get lucky a couple times, but that's the name of the game. Um, you know, and, and shout out to Florida's defense for stepping up when they needed to, they got Georgia off the field on a couple third downs. Uh, so Florida could get the ball back quickly and kind of pile on Georgia uh, uh, interception right before halftime led to the Grimes touchdown. He scored 38 points on Georgia in one half. Uh, you're kind of you're in you're in the zone there for sure. And I mean, you gave up 21, seven seven of them you gave up on offense yourself. So uh, I'll take that defensive effort from Florida. Georgia had guys open down the field. Um, their quarterback situation is a nightmare. I don't know how it got so bad. Yeah, it I, does. It did seem kind of like. Florida's best defense was basically stacking the box and being like, yeah, I mean, good luck beating us more than 25 yards down the field, and Georgia could not do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah they, they, had people, they had people behind the defense once or twice, and they just weren't even close. It's not like how Florida State has looked like fairly recently with Blackman playing. Like, just yeah. they get guys open, and he just overthrows them because he just, like, you know, probably just, like, panic and throw the ball too far. And that's how it looked. Um, I think – I think Bennett finished five of 16 with two picks maybe and was injured. And Mathis was not that much better. Uh, he ran the ball a little bit more effectively. He had a touchdown and an interception, I think, or at least he might've had two interceptions, but uh, yeah. Um, not really sure why JT Daniels doesn't play. He's the transfer from USC. I mean, maybe he just doesn't know the offense. I can't imagine Georgia's offense is really difficult to learn, but uh, he has to be the highest ranked quarterback on their roster. Remember they had Jamie Newman uh on their roster to start this season. Heisman that was favorite. Wake, yeah, Heisman favorite Wake Forest transfer Jamie Newman and he decided to opt out right before the year. Um and that put a maybe put a dent in things. But I mean it all comes back to like 
Justin Fields was on this roster at the beginning of last season, and he's not he there. They made a choice. There was a decision made <laughs> by Georgia, and uh, I think that they're really seeing the re- repercussions of that. So, anyhow, huge win for the Gators. I was super happy to see that. The second half was a little squeaky. Um, I think Pitts being out slowed the offense down a little bit. Uh, they they moved the ball enough to kind of keep things rolling. Um, yeah, I think they, I, I, they did. There was definitely a shift in philosophy of like, yeah, okay, let's sit on it and milk it rather than. Right. It would have been nice to see a couple more just like touchdown drives, certainly. Um, but then you probably sure. would have really been milking it at that point. Uh, I, I'm b- b- befuddled by Florida's use of Emory Jones. I mean, he had a couple effective run plays, but it just seems like Trask is in there and he is dealing. I mean, the guy is like third betting odds for the Heisman right now. And you just take him out of rhythm and you bring Jones in and there's always a false start because the cadence is different. And it's like, Oh man, it just seems, it, it seems sometimes like Dan still is trying to force Emory Jones into the game, probably to give him some, some shine and some PT, which, Hey, you know, you, you got to make those decisions for more reasons than just, you know, individual game continuity too. But yep. um, that all said, uh, really happy with Florida's effort. The defense needs to get better on the back end still, uh, some young DBs played well, but um, the safety play is just like it's awful. It's really bad, and I don't know what's going on. Like I don't know why they're so out of position. Um, I think I think they try to disguise too much, and I don't think they're good enough right now to be trying to run like complex like disguise coverages, Alabama like type stuff. And uh, they maybe need to just be better at playing like you know. Cover two shell and just let the two safeties be back there and, and maybe figure some stuff out. But that well, all yeah, said, the one like the one touchdown the Mathis kid threw, uh, who was mm-hmm. it six? Like was running up in the box. And, the better safety, yeah, right. Yeah, and then like at the snap, he's running out and just like slips and falls and blows a tire. Right. And <laughs> instead of just like hanging back out there and you don't complicate things, um, right? But yeah, Jason, I like your point, though. You made about Florida's offense. Um, their offensive line plays well. They actually run the ball well. They have a few pretty good running backs. Yeah. Uh, Pierce Pierce runs really hard. He's sort of your classic running back. He's great in pass pro. Uh, and then they get the ball to Wright and Davis really well um, in the passing game, at least in this game. That was really interesting to see. Florida's offense doesn't normally feature that many throws to the running back. That was a very Clemson, Clemson-y approach from Florida in this game, um, and it was super effective, so... Shouts to them. Um, I saw a Georgia player alleging that Florida knew uh, Georgia's defensive checks somehow. Um, I saw Richard Johnson tweet about that. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, Brent Cox was on Georgia last year, but he would have maybe been useful to give some information last year, and that game didn't go Florida's <laughs> way. So, <laughs> so I kind of think it was sour grapes. That all said, uh, go Gators. Um, exciting, exciting times. Um, so now it sets up some anxiety games. Uh, Florida has a very winnable back half of the season here. Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, and LSU. Oh, boy. They, I mean, that that fumble against Texas A&M sucks. That sucks. Yeah. And, and, you know, Malik Davis got to be killing himself for that. But, like, that was um, – I mean, Florida was going to walk the ball into field goal range and win that game. Also, Florida's kicker's good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a right. howitzer. That's all I've got to say about that. Uh, we will see how it goes. Can't wait to lose to Tennessee in three weeks. It's yeah. Great. <laughs> Go Gators. 
Um, <laughs> all right, we had two 7.30 games. Let's start with Tennessee-Arkansas, just get that out of the way. Did anyone yes. here pay any attention to this? Did not uh, watch it down. Connor and I were texting. Uh, Connor was very confident that Arkansas was going to win this game. I informed him that Tennessee was favored. He said big money on Arkansas all day. And, uh, you and I was me like, both, all right. Connor. I like the zest uh, there. And Arkansas buoyed by a 24-point performance in the third quarter. Jason, look at the box score of this game. It's weird. Uh, they won the game 24-13. to 13. There was only They only scored in one quarter. Um, I did watch it. I nearly fell asleep watching the condensed version. It was a very, very, very tough football game to take in. Neither of these teams are very good, but uh, Arkansas, Arkansas is more organized and seems to like try to take advantage of stuff a little more. Tennessee's quarterback situation appears to be kind of eroding as well. I think Tennessee had at least two quarterbacks play in this game, mm. and uh, you know things things don't necessarily seem to be going super well there for uh, Coach Jeremy and them boys. Maybe Hugh Freeze. Maybe Hugh Freeze hey. in Knoxville. Yeah. If, if what we year is this like, for Three? Three. Yeah. I think. That's what I was going to say. If we were in, if, in further to Pruitt's tenure, I'd be more apt to accept that as a possibility, but I think they hang on to him for a little bit longer. That's probably true. He just seems he's like a football player. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. recruiting, but I mean, these guys, they're like, they've gotten no better. They, I mean, Butch Jones is putting like 10 win seasons together at least. Yeah, and also, must be that, uh, Sam Pittman has the boys playing a little bit. Oh yeah, no, for sure. No, and shout shout out to Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is three and three, having played four ranked teams, and, and Tennessee have, and Ole Miss, and should have beat Auburn. Should have beat Ole Miss. Beat Auburn. No, they beat Ole Miss. Oh yeah, should have beat Auburn. That's the one. Yeah, Auburn also beat Ole Miss when Ole Miss should have won that game. Yeah, that's, that's the one it was. I know. I mean, you know, credit to Sam Pittman. He's doing it. Definitely. He's all hog. He's calling the hogs. <laughs> all right. But yeah, no, this was not a beautiful football game. We can move on to the piece de resistance. Yeah, potentially uh, game of the year status here uh, yeah. in South Bend. Clemson and Notre Dame pushed Dave Chappelle's monologue way back into the the midnight hour um yeah i i mean i watched this pretty much all night i think i tried to tried to check the score of arkansas tennessee once uh it wasn't worth my time so i just i just powered through the nbc commercials um very entertaining game uh this felt like one where, uh, and I'm not the first to make this point, but Clemson's defensive injuries hurt way more than missing Trevor Lawrence did. Um, the Skalski guy they were missing, uh, who is essentially, you know, the quarterback of the defense, QB of the defense. Yes, um, that's a big loss. Uh, you had you had Venables, little Venables out there who made it play. <laughs> Uh, on yeah, yeah, forced fumble, did I mean you can see you can see the effect of Clemson recruiting because it's not like Clemson's defense looked bad, right? It just just, there were there were a few plays that Notre Dame made that you were like it doesn't seem like a play Notre Dame should be able to make against Clemson. Yeah, 
Clemson is vulnerable over the middle. Like you can take them up top, yeah. like over the middle, which yeah. is and to Ebert's credit, yeah. as as we talked about in the group chat, he was making throws. Dude, um, he, that I mean, I have. No, I mean it's all Ian Book has always just been, you know, insert Mad Lib Notre Dame quarterback here. He's just a guy. Yeah, he felt he, like, he kind of like a plug and play Stanford exactly. quarterback. He he looked really good on Saturday night. Yep. Um yeah, and their defense like their defense to their credit, I guess it was a very bend not break uh performance, especially there kind of in the middle half two-thirds of the game where they held Clemson to several field goals. Um, Uwe Angolele threw for, I believe, a a program record or set some sort of record against... I know he has he has as many 400-yard games as Trevor Lawrence now with yeah. one. So, um, yeah, he. I mean, he played super well. Etienne had another costly fumble that turned into six for the opponent. Um, so, but like, give credit to Notre Dame; they did enough, and honestly, probably could have won the game in regulation. They had a couple miscues. Uh, yeah. The book fumble at the goal line. They had a false start that uh, by the tight end that turned. Uh, likely touchdown into a field goal. Um, so Notre Dame's good. I don't know, like, if they meet again and both teams are at full strength, I would take Clemson every time still. Yep. Um, but to Notre Dame's credit, it came together for them. They did what they had to do. Yeah. They yeah. beat a top team at home. It didn't, it didn't feel like they stole it. No. Like, they, they, yeah. they, they earned Either that Either team could have yeah. won this game, and you've been like, yeah, that's fine. Yep. Agreed. And that's that's the first time in a long time that Notre Dame's done that in a big game of like been there and and just Correct. earned a win. And so, yeah, I mean, this was uh, this is a super like I this game made me so happy. And obviously things that happened in the world on Saturday made me happy. So I was already in a good mood. But um, this was just like a really, really good college football game. Um, and yes. yeah, I was I was happy for Ian Book because Ian Book feels like a guy who like has just existed where we've ranked him as like a guy who's trying to get Notre Dame over the hump and another um, Tommy Reese, another Tommy Reese type. Exactly. Like his offensive coordinator. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, he, I mean, he was, he didn't have like the numbers weren't incredible. He was 310 yards and a touchdown, but like he made some throws that were like, okay, that was a, that was not like an average quarterback throw. Um, and then honestly, the, he, he's not super quiet because they talked about it the whole game, but Kyron Williams played an incredible game of football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Notre Dame was going to blow it because they, uh, in the first half, it felt like they ran the ball really, really well. Yeah. Um, and that's a credit to Kyron Williams and the offensive line, but Kyron Williams was like making some good reads and cuts and that sort of thing. And um, in the second half, they got away from it. And I, that's how Clemson kind of got back into it. Um, and, you know, made it a game and it felt like Notre Dame was trying to get too fancy. And I was just like, no, like you have Kyron Williams, like keep working him. And, you know, they held on the win. And yeah. And so, you know, that I, I, I was really, it takes a lot for like a running back's pass protection to be super noticeable. And that was some of the best college running back pass protection I've ever seen. And so he seemed like he was everywhere for Notre Dame. It was just a really fun football game. Um, 
Uh, Uga, what is it? Um First of all, I enjoyed all the tweets about how he's eventually just going to leave a football-shaped hole in somebody's chest. Because um, yes. he has a Spencer's freaking... really good. Predictable. Yeah. yeah. He has a freaking rifle. Um, he also... we I think we have to be really honest with ourselves and say that Big Cinco is a great nickname. Yes. It's a stellar nickname. Um, and... It infuriates me that a Clemson quarterback, horrifyingly good of the future, is already this likable. He's lovable. He's yeah. still likable already, and I'm not comfortable with that. And so, um, yeah, super fun football game. Windshock, I'm sure they'll meet again in the ACC championship uh, since there's no divisions this year. They might meet in the playoff. I don't know. Um, obviously, this is part of the ACC conspiracy to get two ACC teams in the playoff. Um, is have Notre Dame run the table. Clemson beat them in the ACC championship. Put him in as the two and the four. It's fine. Yeah. Right. And then right. you get Alabama, BYU. <laughs> BYU Cincy. Alabama's gonna lose, obviously. A classic, a classic matchup of right. teams that were awesome Historic. in the 80s. Anyways, uh super fun game in every direction. Um and I'll I'll since Logan's gonna follow with more happy discussion, I'll get in my snobby talk right now. And this is why it's a real struggle to have football games with fans because Notre Dame's not going to play football next week unless they cover up a bunch of COVID cases because the students charged the field and Halloween weekend was last week. And I'm sure there were a few hundred non uh, symptomatic cases of COVID and they were all screaming in players' faces. And unless they cover up a bunch of cases, they're going to have 30 COVID cases on that team next week and they're not going to play. So this is why everybody was really cautious about fans this literal exact reason. So I hope everybody stays healthy and safe. Right. But, but Notre Dame has already had some, uh, we have, like, we have a acquaintance, friend, family friend, whatever you want to call him here in town. Uh, kid goes to Notre Dame. And uh, I mean, they, she got there and immediately they like didn't, weren't having classes for a while. Well, yeah. I mean, and their had, president had a very yeah, public, in the rose garden and yeah. refuse to quarantine and it's going to be messy or, or it's going to be covered up in a really gross manner certainly yeah i don't like i said i and like i will continue to say i don't want to be the covid police nope. because i think that is a that is a losing position and you and it's not fun to talk about but it was it was crowdstorming as anybody yes. we love oh, yeah, yeah. i don't also i don't want to be fun police but i just think that I, I do, uh, you know, there, there's, there are two conversations you could have there. One, Notre Dame, you're the fourth ranked team in the country, and you're a proud football institution. You probably shouldn't be rushing the field because you beat up on Clemson without their back, <laughs> their back quarterback in overtime. All right, by the skin of your teeth. That's first, if you want to be super cynical about it. Second of all, like, maybe there should have been some sort of, like, uh, we're not going to be doing this today uh, kind of conversation or announcement or something or enforcement. Um, it was a bad, it was it was a bad look. I think that can be basically all it is for now, and we'll see. I hope so. But, uh, I hope I hope so too. That's it. It was a bad look. Tough yeah. to see. Anyways, Logan, give us your thoughts on the game so we so we compliment sandwich this thing. No, you, you guys you guys did a great job. Um, I watched the condensed version this afternoon. I caught the fourth quarter and overtime yesterday evening while I was kind of drifting off to sleep a little bit. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I was. Um, it was a good game. I mean, it was it was impressive. I don't, you know, I heard Stephen Godfrey say this, and I agree with him. Like the, the prevailing narrative from this game should not be that Clemson's quarterback didn't play because it was a really good game. Their backup quarterback was great. I think this game is a coin flip. 
based on these two teams. I'm surprised that Clemson's defense looks as vulnerable to, like, they look just soft in that sort of deep third of the field, in the, yep. deep, the deep center part of the field, which, hey, they're missing their really good middle linebacker who probably does a really good job of, of getting deep on those things and, and, and showing some stuff up for them. Um, and just making the, calls. I was really impressed with Notre Dame's defense. They Their defense was, uh, like, they caused a fair amount of havoc, which was – which is nice to see. And frankly, in modern football, I think that's like the best version of like of defense is like you just have to mess things up so offenses can be off schedule and have to play behind the chains and you have to take some chances. That um that play where the defensive end pretty much read the little speed option and or the little pitch to yeah, Etienne yeah. and almost picked it up picked it off his face mask. Like that was that was a really cool play, and you could tell that like he they, they kind of knew that was coming. He sniffed it out, and I mean he made a great play on it. Super athletic, caught the ball, took Etienne I think by surprise a little bit there, and uh, and took it to the house. Um, you know, unfortunate that that goes kind of in the books as a fumble for Etienne there because I mean the, the pitch was like hit him in the face. But uh, also, I got to piss real quick. I'll be back. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting you're getting steamrolled like that. <laughs> I hope that stays in. But yeah, anyhow, it was it was impressive uh, to see Notre Dame um, go toe to toe with Clemson. I just think Clemson is not maybe as dominant. It's weird to see them not super dominant on the defensive line, and therefore they have to you know they have to put up with some you know quarterbacks getting more time to throw on them, and and therefore they give up more big places here. I mean, the, those things all trickle up to themselves. So uh, it must be said. I mean, I think all three of us would probably consider Travis Etienne one of the, what, maybe three or four best players in college football, if we even go that far, probably one or two. Yeah. Um, and Notre Dame held him to 16 – or sorry, 18 carries for 28 yards and eight catches for 57 yards. And, like, that is a Herculean defensive effort. And yeah. I'm sure the entire game plan was based around him. Um, well, but, it's because his entire offensive game plan is based around him. They, they, right. they were saying that um, – Bill Connolly wrote an article this week about that, like the the creative kind of brilliance of how Clemson gets the ball to Etienne, like yep. easy. He his his pop potential on just getting him the ball is so high yep. that you should give him the ball so much because then you kind of you know. And, and, and Clemson is super you. creative with that, and Notre Dame seemed to have an answer for all of it. So credit to them. Like yeah, yeah. Again, I, I think what you said about Trevor Lawrence, like I don't I don't think many people. I hope many people are not trying to make the case that the COVID rules are dumb. And um, I saw a lot of people, um, well, one one in particular, um, the worst person on Twitter in college football, um, who was like, these rules are ridiculous. Why is he allowed on the sideline um, if he can't play? And like the announcers answered that several times that he has to pass a cardiac test and he hadn't done that yet. And it's a whole thing. Um, I mean, so, they clearly have like a protocol, and he needs to follow it. Right. And I'm sure that and, it's but, ten days, but, you know, minimum from the onset of symptoms. Whatever. It was weird that he like. It was weird that he was on the side. It's a weird look, but I was glad that that Tariko and and Herm Edwards uh, explained that pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, those people claimed that it changed the entire game, and it it did. Like uh, Dungey. Tony Dungey. Sorry, not Herm Edwards. Jeez, that's bad. Um, You're good. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I if if Clemson has Trevor Lawrence under center in that game, I'm not. I don't think they win. Um, 
or at least the, the percentage doesn't go up by any measurable amount. Um, you could talk me into if their linebacker is there, then they then they're definitely more favored. Um, but yeah, yeah. But the COVID, the COVID did not lose Clemson this game. No, no, and it, it was an overtime game, and uh, you know they were they were right there. I think Notre Dame played as well as I've you know seen them play just from standing up to yeah. Clemson. So good for them. Now the real test for Notre Dame is if they can if they can repeat this effort and get up for another game with Clemson and. Uh, Clemson team that's going to probably have a different quarterback, a better quarterback, a more experienced quarterback, and is maybe going to throw something different at them. If, if Notre Dame can do the same thing, that will be the mark of if Notre Dame is really like all the way here as a top 10, top eight, top five, whatever you want to say team. Um, because, of, you know, Notre Dame coasts a little bit on like sort of a, a funky schedule sometimes, and then they pretty much usually lose the games they're supposed to lose. Uh, they always have a weird game. Like last year, they just got whooped by Georgia, right? And they were pretty much out of it from the beginning. Right. And then, you know, they get to kind of do that thing where they win 10 games because they should win 10 games. Um, right. This appears to be a better version of Notre Dame, and they deserve credit for that as much as it's easy to dump on them. And I um, Clemson has the week off, and then they go to Florida State, and then they host Pitt, and then they go to Blacksburg. A solid two weeks off uh, before the before the Pitt game. Yep. Um, so – I can't imagine they're heavily challenged the rest of the way. No. Uh, Notre Dame goes to Boston College next week um, at the moment. Then they have an off week, which I believe Boston College – I think I saw somebody tweet that both them and Boston College have the 21st off, ah, so they might as well just the Virginia now. Louisville arrangement. Indeed. And, um, and then they go to UNC, they host Syracuse, and then they go to Wake. So – yeah. UNC could be feisty there, um, but it does seem like it would take a pretty hefty upset uh, for yeah. either of these teams to not be playing again on December 18th or whatever it is. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and, and Notre Dame at this point has got to lose twice pretty much to not be in Charlotte. Right. Correct. I guess, I mean, Miami's still hanging out there. Miami can run the table without any help from them, I guess. Well, they have one loss to Clemson. Yeah, you're right. So I wonder, we'd have to get into tiebreakers if, like, Notre Dame lost to somebody and then Clemson and Miami ran the table. Pitt will be involved somehow. Pitt will, yeah, that's, you're right. They'll factor. I'll shoot their SID a message. I'm sure he's done the research already. Yeah, coin flips and whatnot. Very cool. All right, well, fun weekend. It was nice to have a couple of high-profile games that I think pretty much lived up to it or at least were fun watches if you were invested, which some of us were. So, um we we had some we had had some stinky weekends you know rolling into this so here we are in the throes of things uh still dealing with the global pandemic too so we'll see how that throws a wrinkle and everything moving forward because it doesn't appear to be going away and getting uh, worse in fact so stay safe yeah no definitely same same to you guys so this is the wheel rob podcast you guys got anything else to say not at this time all right all set uh here's to the red white and blue um and uh you can find the wheel route at the wheel route on twitter wheel route podcast at gmail.com is the email address we are at the wheel route.com um that is the website oh also florida state still awful just wanted to get that in there i don't know if you saw they were up 14-3 in that game they lost 41 to 17 hello most coaches will tell you not great go gators go who's go dukes